How's it going, everybody? This is Chris. Welcome to episode 173 of X-Last, where uh, we're still off the beaten path today. Today, we're actually talking about something... I've talked about how I can't read a calendar. I'm not very good at that sort of thing. Uh, it seems like a simple thing to do, but uh, yeah, I, I, I can't do it. So I thought the book we're covering today was going to be somewhat timely, but in fact, it's not. Well, I guess, relatively speaking, it is... Uh, Maybe not so much timely, but it is still relevant to the era of uh, X-Books that we're covering here. Um, The book we're going to cover today is Black Cat. Now, I didn't realize there was an ongoing Black Cat series. So uh, finding out that there, A, was, or is still, I suppose, an ongoing Black Cat series, and also that it featured a uh, tie-in to our Krakoan era, was a pretty... Uh, shocking is probably overstating it, but uh, it was a pleasant surprise. and It gave me an opportunity and a reason to check out a book I probably never would have otherwise, um, especially since I didn't know it existed. Um, now, what can I say about Black Cat? Not a whole heck of a lot. Um, you know, uh, this might kill some of my credibility, what little I have uh, in the first place, but... Uh, Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery uh, has never really done it for me. Never really saw the, uh, never really saw the, the attraction there. Never really saw the, uh, never felt a, like a sense of excitement from Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery here. Sure, some of them look cool. Some of them are cool, but in practice, I just find myself bored uh, when I uh, when I'm confronted by a Spider-Man villain. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, when I went to the shop the other day to buy this book, I figured, you know, maybe I'll give a look uh, to the current Amazing Spider-Man book, despite the fact that Nick Spencer is writing it. Figure, you know, I've I've missed reading Spider-Man, and uh, of late I've been playing the uh, the Spider-Man and the Miles Morales games on PlayStation. It's like, hey, you know what? Maybe maybe it's time to. Uh, to dive back in and see, uh, just see what's going on. I, I know that uh, some of the more recent arcs in Amazing Spider-Man have been uh, garnering a lot of interest, and figured, you know what, what the heck, you know, maybe I should, uh, maybe I should try it out. And I went over to the uh, to the Spider-Man area of the store and uh, took a look at the the I guess the most recent cover, which was the book that came out this very week. And uh, no, I just. I just couldn't do it. It just really didn't, uh, nothing jumped out at me. And I think I'm still a little burnt from uh, the tail end of the Dan Slot run to where I'm not exactly sure what I'd even get. 
you know. So maybe another time I'll go back into the uh, into the spider books, but uh, today is not that day. Now, as for Black Cat, like I said, I don't really have much of a uh, much of a entwined history with the character here. I've, of course, read several, uh, many stories with her in it, and uh, I think she's a fine character. But uh, other than that, I mean, I could kind of take her or leave her. I mean, as I mentioned at the start here, didn't even realize she had a book. So that may speak uh, more than anything there. Now, that being said, I was recently a part of a uh, an episode on the Longbox Crusade podcast. It was uh, Crusaders Chronicle, Crusaders Chronicles number 50, I believe, is the episode. And in that episode, we discussed the first appearance of the, uh, the Black Cat. So uh, there's a little bit of a sort of kind of relevance, right? But uh, let's get into this issue here. Um, this is Black Cat number 9, which had an April 2020 cover date. I thought it was April 2021. I apologize. Story's called Sleight of Hand Part 1, written by Jed McKay, with art by Chris Anka. Colors, Brian Reber. Letters by... Hey, there's no VCs here. Um, uh, Ferran Delgado. Edits, Kathleen Wisniewski, Lindsay Kohick, Nick Lowe, and Sabolski. Cover price, $3.99. Went on sale February 5th of 2020, not 2021. Now, uh, before we get into it here, these uh, covers, because I... Did a little bit more research as I was shopping for these books. They got these wonderful uh, J. Scott Campbell covers uh, all throughout this uh, this volume here. I believe we're in volume two now because I did see a number thirteen. I saw a number one with a legacy number thirteen, which uh, Marvel just can't help themselves, can they? But uh, these covers are really really cool. If you haven't seen these, uh, give, do yourself a favor and take a look. Uh, they're really they're really neat. Now we open with a single-page spread of cred and catch-up. And, uh, you know, we need the catch-up, so we will, uh, we will find out what we're up to. Now we learn that of late, Felicia has swiped a painting from the Frick Collection, a paper from the Sanctum, Sanctum Santorum, Sanctorum, however you say that, a book from Four Yancey Street, which is where the Fantastic Four are hanging out, uh, most recently she had to bust into Rand Tower to steal designs for something called the Randallgate. Another gate? Come on, you, you all make a Nightcrawler obsolete here. Now, all of these pieces put together would afford her and her current patron, her mentor, Black Fox, the opportunity to rob an extra-dimensional vault at the New York Thieves Guild. And I hope that they're less dull than the New Orleans Thieves Guild, because, oof, talk about a slog reading those Gambit stories. Now, Odessa Drake is the current head of the NYTG, and she's become wise to Felicia's plan, and so she's kinda declared war on her. Looks like this might be why Black Cat is going to be laying low in Lowtown, because we're going to Madripoor. We open with Felicia arriving in Madripoor, and having her passport stamped. Worth noting, well... Maybe it's worth noting, but anytime I see one of her narration boxes, I feel like I'm playing a Sly Cooper game. The, the little logos are very similar. She flashes back to a chat with, I'm assuming, Black Fox, who tells her to get out of New York for a while. He suggests Madripoor is a pretty good multitasking location because A, she can wait there till the heat dies down, and B, she can swipe a particular painting for him while she's there. Now, this painting is a companion piece to the one that she already stole from the Frick collection. I would love to be able to tell you which issues all of these heists took place in, but I can't. This is the first issue I'm reading here. 
Um, like I said, I didn't know there was an ongoing. I thought she only had like a mini series for King in Black because actually the first appearance, uh, the reprint of the first appearance of uh, the Black Cat that I read for that uh, Longbox Crusade episode was a King in Black True Believers. So I, I was sure she had something to do with King in Black. And then I saw that there was a book with her name on it. I just assumed it was a King in Black miniseries like we, you know, we got a bunch of those, didn't we? Now, Fox tells her that the previous owner of this painting lost it in a game of Pai Gao a decade ago. Pai Gao is apparently a Chinese gambling game played with 32 Chinese dominoes, so thank you, Wikipedia. We learn that this owner lost it to a mysterious underworld character, a man called Mr. Patch. Now you see why we're discussing this issue, huh? Anyway, we rejoin our heroine at a beetle fight. You know, think cockfight, but with, like, big beetles. Uh, I guess this is a pastime in Madripoor, as, uh, you know, lest we forget, this is a lawless place. She's asking around for the whereabouts and the whoabouts of this Mr. Patch. Here we get the nine-panel grid's big brother, the 16-panel grid, full of talking heads responding to our gal. We get a heavy-looking dude with a tattoo on his face. He claims to have never heard of Patch. A hand ninja does not respond. Taskmaster doesn't want anything to do with this at all. A Madriporian police officer tells her that Mr. Patch is just an urban legend. Silver Sable tells Felicia that she's not her tour guide here. Some blue-haired girl says Patch is dead, probably. Dr. Boris Corpse gets three of these 16 panels, and he grows more annoyed each time. Moonstone from the Thunderbolts, at least the last time I saw her, she was part of the Thunderbolts, she declines to answer. Eight Ball is only interested if Patch is a Spider-Man. Javelin tells Felicia to mind her own beeswax. Some Madriporian kids tell her that they might know if she has enough money. Deadpool laughs and laughs and laughs, telling her that he's not going to spoil the surprise. Howard the Duck says he's on vacation. Okay. Finally, some dude says uh, he most certainly knows Mr. Patch. In fact, he did some work for Patch at the Princess Bar. Now, if you read the first handful of issues of Marvel Comics Presents, which have been covered at chrisisonfiniteearth.com, you'll know what the Princess Bar is. Now, this fella claims to have built a secret room for Mr. Patch under the bar. And Felicia's eyes light up. The construction dude figures this was just a room where Patch would take girls. Next we know, Felicia is in her black cat togs, breaking into the princess bar. She hops behind the bar itself and locates the entrance to this secret room. She heads down a flight of stairs and finds... Nothing. Well, not nothing nothing, but nothing of value. All that's here is a business card, and more on that in a second. But first, someone else comes down the stairs behind her, and uh, it's, it's Wolverine. Duh, I mean, it's Wolverine. A black cat ain't impressed. He asks if Felicia had cleaned him out, and she responds that, nope, someone beat her to it. She shows him the business card, and it's for an outfit called Gal Moving, which is a subsidiary of Kilgore Arms. So, Cade Kilgore, who at this point ought to be wrapped up in the ominous Verandy government, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, that's not going to be mentioned during this issue. So we might assume that Cade's just moonlighting in his own interests here, and not that... Uh, the editorial offices don't talk. <clears throat> Our heroes decide to team up and take down the tot, and, you know, get that swipeable painting back. Felicia claims to have a plan, the first part of which involves Logan buying her a brand new expensive dress. 
Next, we know they're headed into the Sovereign, the Sovereign Hotel in Madripoor's high town. It's a pretty swanky joint, perhaps the swankiest. Worth noting here, um, if the air conditioning blows even the slightest bit hard here, the bottom part of Felicia's new dress might not hold up. Uh, the patrons of this hotel and casino will, will get a show. Uh, the hotel features, of course, a Kilgore-operated casino. She suggests that the painting is probably up in the penthouse with the place's diminutive boss. Wolverine kind of questions the whole operation here, claiming that he can't just, quote, cut his way up to the penthouse because this isn't Krakoan business. That's kind of a weird thing to say. He's not going to have to worry about cutting anything, though, because this is a casino, and Black Cat has a way of affecting luck. So it's not long before the casino is paying out like crazy. This, of course, alerts... Cade and the heavies here, and Felicia is approached by a bouncer who tells her it's time for her to skidoo. Logan assures him that that is not going to happen. Felicia tells the man he's got two options. One, she and Patch talk to his boss, Cade Kilgore. Or two, she sits here all night screwing with the odds of the place and probably running their coffers dry. And so, up to the penthouse we go. Cade Kilgore calls Wolverine an idiot and suggests that this volley is a bit extreme. Kilgore made the first move, swiping the stuff from under the bar, and he was expecting something a bit more subtle as a response, certainly not a face-to-face confrontation. Cade looks at Felicia and says he thought Wolverine was into redheads, to which Black Cat says, story of my life, which uh, we, what we know about her love life is, uh, is quite funny. Logan accuses Cade of starting a war. Cade laughs it off, claiming he has zero interest going to war with Krakoa, which, um, you sure about that? Uh, He states that he stole the stuff just to screw with Wolverine. He knows that there's no way he can actually kill Logan, so he's got to be creative with the way he messes with him. Basically, he's just out to make Logan's life as miserable as possible. Felicia interrupts the monologue to inform Cade that she will be stealing everything back. She then uses her little grapple hook that's in her, like, shirt sleeve here to snag the sunglasses right off of Cade's beady little eyes. Black Cat then grabs Logan, and they jump out a penthouse window. Wolverine ain't all that keen on any of this, but, I mean, he really doesn't have much of a choice at this point. We wrap up the issue with Kilgore revealing that those sunglasses were a bleeding-edge peripheral. I'm not sure what any of those words mean, but the quick and dirty here is that they are the interface to all of his corporate accounts. And therefore, you know, quite valuable and also quite important. And, uh, he wants them back. He orders his heavies to kill Black Cat and to kill Wolverine, quote, as much as they can. And that's where we leave it. Next episode, uh, believe it or not, we're still trailing off the beaten path here. And believe it or not, we're going to be taking a look at Modoc Head Games number three a book in which I actually chose to buy the variant edition of because I thought the the real cover was uh, quite unpleasant to look at. (laughs) But uh, it's going to be from... I flipped through it. I didn't read it, of course, but I did flip through it, and it looks like it's going to be a fun one here. We got some Krakoa, we got some Gwenpool, and, of course, we got Modoc. So looking forward to reading and discussing that. But that's for next time. Let's now discuss Black Cat number 9. Um... It's one of those uh, good news, bad news things here. Um, The good news is I really, really enjoyed it. thought it was a lot of fun. The bad news is that doesn't really give me a whole heck of a lot to talk about. Um, 
The art here by Chris Anka was really, really nice. I liked it a lot. Uh, the story was funny without being, like, way over-the-top, you know, current-year Marvelish, relying on, like, sarcasm and snark. It was just genuinely funny. I thought it was a really good time. It's interesting to me every time we do, you know, step off the beaten path. I'm going to say that a million more times during this project, but it's always interesting for me to do that because it's been so long since I've... I've really, you know, stretched my wings outside of the the X-Books here as far as Marvel reading is concerned here. I haven't read anything that isn't an X-Book from Marvel in several years at this point, outside of what we've done for this show. You know, something like a, a Runaways or a Champions, just a random issue here and there to, uh, to fill in some bits and bobs. But uh, it's always just so interesting to, uh, to check out these books that are not X-Men books. And I always get that weird urge, you know, the urge to jump back in both feet. <laughs> and, uh, of course, I mean, that that is thankfully a fleeting sensation here. Um, this is a book, however, that I would consider following. You know, this was a lot of fun. Um, unfortunately, I'm looking at the uh, Marvel previews for the books that come out in June here. I'm getting ready for that segment, which... I figure we'll probably be discussing here in, what, about a week and a half or so, but I'm flipping through, and I I'm, I find Black Cat in here, and uh, she's part of the next Marvel crossover event. And you might be thinking, oh, she's part of Heroes Reborn? To which I'd say, no, the one after that, because they were already soliciting it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, I don't think Heroes Reborn has even started yet, and we're already soliciting... The next one, which is just a lead-up to the one after that. Ah, uh, boy, the June books here, uh, they're, they're listed as Infinite Destinies. And Black Cat has an annual that's taking part in that here. And Infinite Destinies goes into Infinity Score, which has more Black Cat in it. So, yeah, unfortunately I won't be following this book, I suppose, because I'm not... I'm not jumping in on a Marvel event. I mean, it's hard to believe. I can't say it's hard to believe. It's totally believable because uh, this is just what Marvel does now. But I, I mean, I'm pretty sure there are still King and Black books coming out. <laughs> and we're, we're jumping ahead three crossovers. Oh, Lord. But um, that in and of itself will not uh, stop me from heaping praise upon this issue here. Uh I like, I talked earlier about Madripoor fatigue, a, a different episode, um, the most recent issue of Wolverine, that is, where I just talked about how, okay, I'm tired of Madripoor. We don't need all these damn books in Madripoor. Here, we're in Madripoor, but Madripoor isn't even, like, really the point of it. You know, we all, the, all that we know that it's Madripoor is because they told us it's Madripoor here. It's not, it's not like, ensconced in Madriporian, Madriporiness. <laughs> it's just a... A fun romp, it's a fun story, and it just happens to take place in Madripoor. It doesn't insist upon the fact that it's in Madripoor, it's just there. And uh, I, I think that was all to, all to its benefit. It was fun seeing the uh, dynamic between Black Cat and Wolverine here, where Wolverine was kind of the, kind of the timid half of this tandem, where uh, Black Cat was, you know, uh, guns blazing, we gotta go in there and get that painting back, and just doing, jumping out windows and stuff, and... I thought it was interesting how she is the outgoing one and Wolverine is the more reserved one here, kind of second-guessing everything and just wondering what they're getting themselves into. 
I don't know how much of that is due to the nebulous nature of what Krakoa is to the wider Marvel Universe. Because, I mean, in fairness, it's not like they're going to go deep into... They're not going to give us a text page. They're not going to give us an info page here saying, This is Krakoa. For all you people who are not reading X-Men books, this is what Krakoa is all about. So we have to excuse the fact that they're going to mention it only in passing. And, and in doing so, I think they did a reasonably good job with it here. Um, Wolverine mentioning that he can't slice and dice his way to the penthouse because it's not a Krakoa thing. I mean, could he could he really ever do that? I mean, of course, he's got his berserker rages and stuff here, but this is a casino that's occupied by innocent patrons for the most part. It's just run by a you know a crooked sociopathic child. Is he really going to... Even before Krakoa, would he slice and dice his way up through civilians? That just seems... I don't know. It seems a little weird. It just seems like a way to shoehorn a Krakoa reference in, which, eh, you know, no harm, no foul, really. Uh, Cade Kilgore, I believe at this point, he was already in the ominous Verandy thing because that was, that was like right out the gate in Marauders. I think we found out about them in Marauders number two. Maybe even Marauders number one. But uh, that would would have been a few months before this issue came out. So you'd think that uh, that they would know that he was part of the Madriporian government at this point, or at least we would have gotten a mention of it. It's weird because when I flipped through this the first time, I didn't give it like a I didn't give it the, you know, line by line read. I just flipped through it. I wanted to see and appreciate the art and just see what we were getting ourselves into as far as the story's concerned here. And I saw the Cade page. And the fact that, and I, actually, I saw the uh, the business card for um, you know uh, Kilgore Arms or whatever, and part of me was worried that uh, this was a flashback story, so like pre Krakoa, so totally out of our purview. And here I am, like a fool, already making a cover art for it for the show and, and allotting it a slot in the uh, in the lineup. But uh, but no, it's uh, it is part of the Krakoa story. It's just that. They don't talk about Ominous Verandy, and I suppose they, they probably just don't have to. Overall, I had a heck of a good time with this issue, and my only complaint is the fact that Black Cat's going to be tied up in this Infinite Infinity crossover event, so uh, I'm not going to be following this any further. Well, we have one more issue. We actually do have one more issue. We're going to get the second part of this in Black Cat, number 10, which, again, I thought was in 2021, so I planned it out for, like... This is episode 173. I think we won't be getting back to this story until, like, episode 192. (sighs) Because I'm an idiot who can't read a calendar. And I thought it was uh, an April 2021 book. Which it's not. But, uh, (laughs) rest assured, we will be uh, getting back to the story and and getting the second part in just a... We're going to take the the scenic route here, but uh, that's all I got to say about this issue. Uh, If this is the first time you're hearing about this volume of Black Cat, like, well, like me, um, I think this is a fun book to check out. I'd recommend giving it a goo if you're interested here. Speaking of if you're interested, if you're interested in reaching out to me and saying hello or giving me your opinion on some of these books or the show, please feel free to do so. You could find me at Ace Comics on Twitter, or you could shoot me an email over to weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com. You can find blog posts and show notes over at chrisisoninfinitearths.com. You could talk to us on Facebook. Our little group is 90s X-Men. We're also 90s X-Men on Instagram if I... Uh, I think I locked myself out, but I'm going to try to get back in there and maybe post something 
with hashtags and stuff. I think that's what you do there. Uh, finally, uh, if for all your Chris and Reggie listening needs, you can go to chrisandreggie.podbean.com, available anywhere they aggregate noise and or sound. But that's going to do it for today. I'd like to thank you all so much for sharing some time with me. And until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya. Oh